Welcome to the Lift Podcast. We hope our time together will encourage you in love, inspire and foster your faith as we teach one another from the foundation of God's Word. Hey friends, welcome to the Lift Podcast. I'm Karen and I'm here with my friends, Christy, Kimberly, Hi, and Farah. Hi guys. Farah, read for us um, our scripture that's the theme for our time today. Okay, Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So today we're going to talk about temperament. Um, this is something that the four of us, we've got one, Kimberly's kind of our resident expert, and she's the one that brought... <laughs> this language um, to us and it has been so transformative for us in our relationships with God and our relationships with other um, understanding temperaments has helped us and it's changed our speech not only with others but also in the narratives that we tell ourselves so Kimberly give us an overview what is a temperament how many are there? Um, just kind of give us the big picture of what this, what we're talking about. Sure. So first of all, I want to say that, you know, our family stumbled across this probably, I'm going to say like seven years ago, we were listening to Kathleen Edelman speak and she's a communication coach and we were just really struggling as a family. We have very strong temperaments in our house. And so there was a lot of conflict. So when she spoke, our ears just really opened up. And so we scheduled a meeting with her and we continued to meet with her for quite some time. And then I started meeting with her individually. And now we uh, meet to I'm more of a student, I feel like now. So everything we're talking about today, I want to make sure that we recognize her work when it's, you know, regarding temperaments. So I'm, we're teaching today from her workbook. It's called I Said This, You Heard That by Kathleen Edelman. And you can purchase that on Amazon. And there's so an app. There is an app. You can download the app. It has six videos. The app is free and it's a really great resource. There's also some YouTube videos uh, called Quarantine Quarrels that you can look up that will give you more insight. I think those are probably one of my favorite resources right now. But, you know, we've all heard about personalities and personality tests. Personality ebbs and flows though, you know, who I am, when I'm 16 is different than who I am in my 40s. If I was raised in the South, my birth order, a lot of that is, is temperament. And I mean, I'm sorry, a lot of that is personality. However, temperament is your hard wiring. It is, is who you enter the world. You enter the world with your temperament and you really see the world through the lens of your temperament. Temperament has been around for thousands of years. I think Kathleen talks about how Hippocrates 
I think he talked about it being a fluid even in our body and, and they've named it and we've put colors with it to make it easier. So there's four temperaments. There's sanguines. Those are the yellows. There's clerics. Those are the reds. Phlegmatics are the green and melancholies are the blue. And so each temperament has strengths, it has weaknesses, it has needs. And again, all of this is explained much further in these videos. But, you know, we'll start with the sanguine. So they see the world through people and fun. That is kind of their first go-to when they walk into a room or they look at a scenario. And it doesn't mean that every color doesn't want to be around people or doesn't want to have fun. That's definitely a misconception. It's just what they go to first. So they will wear yellow sunglasses and look into a room, look into a scenario, and they, they feel most alive when there's people and fun involved. Then there's the red, the clerics. They speak the language of power and control. And it's, it's not that they have to be in control. They just want to know that someone is in control and that they're doing a good job. And they don't mind stepping up to be powerful or be in charge if they need to be. Then there's the phlegmatics. They speak the language of calm and harmony. And so they are our peacemakers. They are looking into a scenario, trying to, and feel most alive when things are calm and that there's harmony. And then there's melancholies. They speak the language of perfection and order. So those are the four basic temperaments. Um, do y'all wanna share what yours are just for fun? So I'm red and then yellow. And, the, and if you get her workbook, there's a 40 question assessment in there. And it is a great tool to help you understand your temperament better. You're typically going to be two colors. Uh, you'll never be opposites, though. So like reds will never be with a green. Um, blues will never be with a yellow. You're going to be a blend of two uh, temperaments that complement each other. So what are you, what are you guys? So this is Christy. I am green primarily um, with a highlight of yellow. I like that highlight. That's fun. <laughs> Sarah, what are you? Um, I am green and yellow as well. Mostly, mostly green, but I'm more of 50-50 than, but, but green is my primary. Because you live with a yellow. So he's brought your yellow out. Exactly. <laughs> he's added highlights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am a yellow with green. And I feel like I'm leaning, I'm living in my green in this season of my life. And, uh, but yeah, I'm a yellow with green. So I'm everybody probably in our 50, group 50. has yellow. <laughs> Yes. Yes, the yellow is our common denominator. Yes. We need a blue. <laughs> Kimberly would like for us to have a little more red, I think, too. <laughs> yeah, like, let's get moving and shaking. That's why. <laughs> I have zero red, but um, I love to study people deeply. And so I've done a lot of 
um, I've, I've examined a lot of tools that, that do this kind of stuff from strengths and um, personalities and all that stuff. But I personally respect this tool so much um, because it focuses on how to grow stronger personally rather than just explain or excuse certain behaviors in myself. And it really gave practical strength training exercises at the very end, um, as well as scripture verses that encourage and are cautionary. So they, they caution me against when I'm leaning into my weakness. Um, but then they also have those encouraging scripture verses that encourage my strengths. Which one of the things I love about that and how I've been encouraged in that as well is not only Farah, like you're talking about in my personal growth and in my relationship with God and how having those verses is impactful, but even in being able to strengthen others around me. So knowing verses to communicate in their language that would encourage them. Because I think before I probably would have given them verses that encouraged me that not that they wouldn't have encouraged them, but just being able to have those verses and know, Hey, this is a verse that's going to encourage my spouse. Who's this color? Okay, so Kimberly, what can you describe the difference for us between temperaments affecting our relationships before we're aware of them versus after we become familiar with our own temperament and others? Sure. So, you know, this was this is our family kind of on display because we just didn't understand what each other was doing really like my husband would do something or my son would do something and I was like why are you doing that why is that important to you you know and the same would happen to us I mean my husband couldn't understand why I could care less about the house being orderly when that was one of his greatest needs and so there was just a lot of conflict so I think once you understand each other's colors. And, and I'll talk a little bit in a minute about what each color needs. It gives you incredible grace uh, and compassion, as Karen said, for that other person. So the two colors, green and blue, are more of an introverted temperament. And what the study means by introverted here is that they direct their thoughts and their feelings inward they have more of a verbal filter. And that was another thing that was happening in our relationship is my husband processes so much inwardly. And so the communication was just suffering because I didn't know what he was thinking. He wasn't telling me, it was all happening inside. He just wasn't releasing it to me. And then I, the red and the yellow are very much extroverted in their communication. So their thoughts and their feelings go outward. So I was almost over communicating, kind of throwing up all over him. Uh, and so we had to sort of meet in the middle as well. Reds and blues are very task oriented and love to accomplish things. And so they love a good list. They love to get things done. You know, I'm red 
and I'm also yellow, so I can be almost impulsive in getting things done, and I struggle with waiting and the the patient piece. And yellows and greens are very people oriented, so you have all these combinations. You have extroverted, introverted, task oriented, people oriented. And so when you know what color you are, what color your spouse is, what color your, your children are, your friends even, it just impacts how you love them, how you show them compassion and grace, also how you can encourage them. You know, each color has strengths and weaknesses, so that's a big component is knowing what you're great at and also knowing where you need to grow a little bit. Kathleen talks a lot about awareness, becoming aware of when you're in your weaknesses so that you can then begin to move into your strengths. And then there's also a section in here on innate needs. And so I think Kathleen would say that's kind of the golden nugget for the temperaments is when you know what your needs are and the needs of your people that you're loving on, it just changes everything. So I'm going to run through those needs really quick, just kind of as a takeaway, because I think for our family, this has been the most powerful. When I know what everyone in my house needs, I can love them better. And also I can take care of myself better. So for the sanguine, they need approval, acceptance, attention, and affection. And granted, we all need some of those things, but the sanguine especially sees the world through that lens, and those needs are incredibly important to them. The red clerics need loyalty, a sense of control, appreciation, credit for work. The melancholies need safety, sensitivity, support, space and silence. Phlegmatics need harmony, a feeling of worth, a lack of stress, and respect. And so one of the things Kathleen does, you know, when we worked with her is each color will sit down with each other and define those needs. So for example, what attention looks like to me might look very different than what it looks like to my sanguine son. And what harmony means to my husband is different than what harmony means to my other phlegmatic son. So really sitting down, that's a great exercise and tool you can do is, is once you figure out your color to sit down and really focus on what everybody needs and how they define it. Yeah, I think that has probably been, honestly, I'm encouraged because we haven't done that in our family. Um, my husband and I share one color, but we haven't done that for our opposite colors. But I do think even just knowing his color and understanding his innate needs like you were saying Kimberly and your family it it just gave me more compassion and more understanding and grace when he did do something that I didn't understand and allowed me to not be frustrated by it as as often and and to be equipped like we were talking about earlier just with the verses that are the strengthening verses or the cautionary verses to have something to speak his language. Um, but to also be able to come from a place of compassion instead of frustration, um, which I think automatically helped in, from a communication standpoint, because instead of approaching from frustration, I was more readily able to approach 
and him too, like there was more compassion versus frustration at not understanding. So I think that's been one of the things that has been most impactful. And even though our kids are still young, um, it's still, even having some of the language, even to test out with them and, and go, okay, I think maybe they've got some of this color in them or I'm seeing some of this. So let me try this language and see if it helps our communication. That has been just like you were talking about in your family, it has increased our communication as a whole. Um, and we're still a younger family, not even able to identify as much like as your family has. I think, you know, our key verse is sort of Kathleen's life verse. But when we're talking about speaking words over each other that benefit each other, we want to do that based on temperament. So one thing, you know, we even see God through the lens of our temperament. So we want to communicate with each other based on those needs in a way that benefits the other person. So, you know, for example, to my sanguine child, because we have all four colors represented in our house. So we are like a hot mess when we're in our weaknesses. Um, but with my sanguine child who, who so wants attention or acceptance to say to him that God is just his best friend and is just so excited to be around him, that's a language that breathes life into him. For me as a cleric who needs a sense of control, you know, the state of the world has really hit me there. So to know that God is in control of all of this, despite even talking about it gets me emotional. That's how my husband can speak over me. And I can speak over my cleric son is that God has got this. Don't forget, um, you know, for melancholies, they have a need of safety. And so to speak to my son, that's blue and to say, you know, God has got his feathers wrapped around you. And even for my phlegmatic son, knowing that God is a God of peace is so beneficial to him. So, you know, we even want to change our language. And that's what that verse is all about, is we want to speak over our people with words that fill up their cup, fill up their innate needs. Kimberly, I'm flipping through the book just a little bit while you're talking. Um, and one of my favorite things that came out of doing the study was just when she talks about it from a native tongue perspective, like you're talking about, um, that we come in with a native language that is our, our temperament and so do our kids and so do our spouses. And um, it's not that we can't learn the other language to speak it, it just, you know, and the more we learn, but even um, even our best attempt with broken language in their words is better than us speaking completely in our native tongue. Like, um, you know, like like you're saying, you don't completely understand. You know, your phlegmatic son's perspective, but to be able to speak broken phlegmatic <laughs> is better yeah. trying to speak yeah. red to him, you know, like, yes. um, and, and I, I think, 
I think obviously grace and the Holy Spirit fill in all of those gaps too. Um, but it's just been, I, I love language and speech. And that was a big, um, that native tongue example in there was really good for me. Mm-hmm. That's all that, that is awesome. I love that. And just I, these conversations, like as we're having them, I'm putting things together. Um, because, you know, just when you're learning a second language, all of the progression and the hurdles that come along with that, I can really identify with that. Um, having learned, you know, Spanish and in college, way back in college. But now if I think about that, and, and as Karen was talking earlier, I was thinking about how now when we go on trips, and we were, we were talking about this earlier, my husband's blue. Um, and so that, that just silence and then he's, his secondary is green. So then also just that kind of like peace and harmony in the car is just a really important thing for him. And so as I'm talking to my boys about that, it just kind of came through the language of respect, um, for, Hey, daddy's taking us on this, this long trip. You know, he's, he's pulling the camper. And so therefore we're going to find things that we can kind of do to, to occupy ourselves um, out of, you know, respect for that. But I didn't even realize that that was coming through that respect. And that's my green, but then I also have, my boys have green. So um, that's interesting to me, but I'm just putting the pieces together like Mm -hmm. right now as we're talking. Well, and Christy, I was hoping you could talk a little bit about this. I've seen this in my counseling work and and you and I have talked about how we even experience tragedy through the lens of our temperament and what is you know overwhelming to one temperament might not be to another and so we've even talked about how when we work through trauma or anxiety we want to be so sensitive to what others temperament is because what is making them anxious we may not understand but if we can understand a little bit more about their language it just helps us love and support them so much better. Yeah, so, you know, the definition of trauma is um, that which overwhelms our current ability to cope, understand, and integrate. And so you're actually right because, um, not actually right, but you're so right (laughs) because what may be overwhelming, um, what may, my experience of an event is is very subjective and it depends very much so on my on my temperament and the lens through which i see my world and the coping strategies that i've built in place around me to to understand and to make sense of things and um and all of that and so yes for sure we definitely need to take that into consideration as we're as we're we're experiencing adversity is how did that, how did that impact my temperament? And then how did I make adjustments? Because I've heard you too talk about, especially when these things happen to us, um, these adverse experiences happen to us earlier in life, our life. Um, you know, we might even learn that this temperament is not a safe temperament if we're blue. So maybe we start to mask that. Um, you know, maybe we start to come up with compensatory, compensatory strategies so that we don't 
um, so that we're actually acting out of another temperament. And I think you can probably speak a little bit more to that than I can, but that's what's so intriguing to me is that we also have to kind of peel back the layers sometimes to figure out our true selves. Yes. Yeah. And I've even seen clients and, and friends and they'll say things like, I don't want to be a blue. I don't want to be a blue. I want to be a yellow. I just want to be a yellow. Or I've even said, gosh, I just wish I could be a green and be more of a peacemaker. And so I think part of this process is just embracing the, the color that God made you. And when you are operating in your strengths, your temperament can be such a beautiful thing and God needs all of the colors, you know, to make this world work and to accomplish his purpose. Like there is a, a very important purpose that he has for a melancholy out there that I could never accomplish. And so really just embracing the color that God gave you and walking in your strengths and even understanding how you see the world because of the color he gave you and then having people in your life that speak over you with words that benefit you based on your color i think is so life-giving what i love about that kimberly something that we kind of talked about is just how that brings about that quiet confidence in us. So it's not, Oh, I'm this color, but it's embracing who God made us. Just like you said. Um, and when we live from that place of confidence and receiving that, um, how he designed each one of us, but then also how that just allows us, to celebrate the way he designs others, even when um, it is different um, from us. And even when initially we don't fully understand, but we can celebrate that, that difference, you know, and I see that even starting in my relationships with my kids of just being like, I think sometimes it, I think I'm learning that I think you forget that your kids are not going to be the same as you. Like they're, I had this belief, whether conscious or not, I think that my kids were going to be like me and my husband, but yet I'm learning. I'm like, I think we have one that's very different from us. And, but to be able to celebrate that and not be frustrated by it um, and to celebrate, to develop that confidence in them, to embrace who God made them. I just love that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some examples, I think of my melancholy son who, you know, I'm a sanguine, so I kept trying to get him to go in the cul-de-sac and play kickball. And for so long, I was like, what's wrong with you? And he just wanted to be in his room playing Legos. And he was so, so happy to do that. And once I learned the temperaments, I was so happy to let him go play Legos. I mean, you know, we definitely have to interact with other people and he would go play kickball for 20 minutes, but then that was really all he needed. Um, and so, and then my other son who is very, very sanguine, you know, he was just really struggling with um, the pandemic. And so we were just talking and he said, you know, I just want to be 
in a room um, full of people because we have been having play dates and um, trying to engage, have him engage socially, but he just needed a busy, busy room full of people. And so we were able to meet him in the middle of that and talk through that. And so, yeah, just understanding everyone. I think it just, it just brings so much grace. Do you think like that it's not just for the families that are the family that is under our roof right now, because it has done wonders for my relationship with my parents who don't live with me anymore. Um, but just as Christy was talking about, um, you know, you kind of pick up on if a certain color is not safe. Um, usually that came through my parents were divorced when I was very young. And usually that, that receptor was through when one of them would say, you're acting just like your mother or you're acting just like your father. And I was because I'm, I'm in a, I'm in the middle of them. So one is yellow, one is blue. One loves to be with a big crowd of people. One would prefer to be alone, but I can be with people and I can be alone and I enjoy both at different times. But when I wanted to be alone, but I was with the one who wanted to be with people, then I was like their ex-spouse. Does that make sense? And so, because they didn't know anything and it's, they did they weren't aware of that. And so, um, but I can look back on that and go, but I was just being me and it's okay. And they were just being them and, and it's okay. Like, we didn't know what we didn't know, but now as we're adults and they've taken the test too, and, um, and they've learned more about, you know, the different temperaments, they have started to give grace to their past too. Yeah. And to their interactions with themselves, with each other and with me. Um, and it's, it's been, it's been beneficial for not just the people that are under my roof, um, but the extended family as well. I think that's such a great example, Farah, of just like the, just the real life, you know, living things out without the language, then and putting that, having the language, having that tool in your toolbox in a way that it just opens up, um, our lens and really just kind of clears, clears out, you know, some of the, confusion and some of the the just not understanding each other and relationships and so Kimberly I'd love to to hear a little bit more about you know how when we do go through these trials when we are in these kind of broken places um because we all have them through life how our temperaments are impacted and how you know maybe our weakness that we might be operating a little bit more out of weaknesses in that and what that looks like and how those in, innate needs within us, you know, how, how that comes out. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I love that Ferris said narrative. I, we've all talked about false narratives in this group. I think, you know, Christy, you and I as counselors hear a lot of broken stories and with with the clients that I work with, I typically get their temperament 
first thing, because as we begin to look at their trials and their narratives, we can see where their innate needs were not being met. Or we can see where they were totally operating in their weaknesses. And so I think, I think that's how temperaments impact our trials in the past. And once we make sense of our color, it just breathes a different life into old narratives and, and the stories of our past. I think in the present, you know, I think if we look at everything we're, we're going through right now with our nation and even just school starting, you know, it's funny, a lot of my blue friends, their anxiety about school starting back is so different than mine. Um, it's, it's a lot of them I've seen are worried about the order of it all and what will happen to these kids, you know, if they go and then they come home and even just their safety from a physical standpoint, a, you know, an emotional standpoint. Whereas, you know, for me, I'm so concerned about their social interaction because I am so people-oriented and I really am, haven't even thought about the order of the day. I am just so wanting them to be in a building with their friends. And so my stress in this trial has been how out of control I feel with homeschooling. You know, homeschooling for me personally, felt so out of control and so sending them into a building with their teachers feels very soothing for me because it's going to meet their social needs and it's going to check my box for control so i think we all just see things through the lens of our innate needs and then if we're looking at our weaknesses you know some of the temperaments and their weaknesses worry more some of the temperaments get you know lonely more so those are all things to be looking at when you encounter trials and to begin to ask those questions you know christy you talk a lot about being curious so when you're you're feeling anxiety you know to become very curious uh are my innate needs being met am i in my weaknesses what is this about that's good kimberly and i love those questions and even just those even just as you were talking I mean, I think this happens every time we talk. It's like um, it stretches each one of us and because we're all, that's the beauty of this. Like we're all growing in it. And even now, like I'm thinking, oh man, I, I haven't considered this or I haven't considered that. Um, and so I love just those questions that we can ask ourselves and those filters to help us just kind of pause and go, am I, am I in my strengths right now? Or am I in my weaknesses? Um, I love that. Yeah. You know, Kathleen talks a lot about how Christ was the strengths of all four colors. Mm. And, and I love that. And so I guess, you know, I don't, in closing, I guess for what I wanted to share is that it's not that I can't be, a peacemaker because I'm not a green <laughs> because because I can you know with the power of the Holy Spirit we can be in our strengths and even have strengths in other colors um, it's just not our primary it takes extra work and definitely the power of the Holy Spirit for me to uh, 
have order because I am not an orderly temperament at all. Um, it takes extra work for me to be a peacemaker in my house. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, I can definitely do that. And so that, that is our goal ultimately is the mind of Christ and to be operating in our strengths, to be filling each other up with our words based on their temperament, you know, Ephesians 4.29. And I think this workbook, I said this, you heard that by Kathleen Edelman, as well as the app with the videos and the quarantine choral videos on YouTube are just excellent ways to, to get us started in loving each other better and really just enduring this crazy season that we're in, all of us. Christy, do you wanna pray us out? Yeah, I would love to. So dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for the way that you made each and every one of us that we are wonderfully made. God, we are your beautiful creations and you have purposes and plans for each of us to do that we were uniquely created to do. Lord, I just pray over um, our relationships, God, with um, those who are in our homes, but also God, those who are in our our greater communities and even our world, God, that we would just try to see them through your eyes, Lord, that we would know ourselves and we would, we, you would show us our lens that we see the world through, but then God, that you would also, like Kimberly said, help us lean into you so that we can understand um, others through your eyes. Um, Jesus, we just, we praise you and Lord, we ask you to be with each and every person who is listening today and that you would pour out blessings into their life. Um, it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Thanks for chatting with us today, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.